and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back to review game week 34, which, well, for me at least, was an absolute disaster of a game week. My name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined by the man who parks the bus, whereas I just don't let it leave the hotel. It's Andy Case. Andy, um, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but a, uh, a strange weekend of, well, I guess with one huge headline, that the Man United-Liverpool game was postponed because of a, a huge protest. Yeah, uh, very very weird uh, in, from a from a football sense, and disappointing not 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 to see that game, um, and then from from an FPL sense, just has absolutely ruined ruined my my week. It's one of those where it's probably going to really affect a lot of like mini leagues, and um, you know quite significantly one way or another, and it's going to be just infuriating um, if you're if you're on the the worst end of that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't. Uh, yeah, it was a bad weekend for me. It's just one of them when you just have to just close the laptop. It's a bank holiday in in the UK, so we've got an extra Monday off, and you just have to just you know, calm yourself down, not worry about fantasy Premier League for a little while, uh, and just yeah, write this week off, write this week off as far as I'm concerned, um, and just put it in the bin, and we'll move on. But we first we must review it, uh, so we'll start as we always do on our review shows by having a look at players that we had on the radar and how they performed this weekend. We'll have a look at a top differential and a low-owned player uh, that scored very highly this week and a blankety-blank, a high-owned player that didn't do very well. Um, we will review our swimming against the tide and then we'll finish with captaincy and a look ahead to 35. Andy, so uh, I guess we kind of were focusing on Everton, partly because of you know their likelihood of, of having a, a double game week coming up and also they're not going to be blanking like some other teams. Um, there are a few... Uh, you know, there are a few teams uh, that are doing that, but we were really looking at Everton mo- you know, mainly as, as a team with the best assets from there. Um, they ended up losing to Aston Villa this weekend, who they will end up playing again uh, in a few in a few weeks. Um, what did, did, did you see much of this? I mean, I guess from some of our players, we had Sigurdsson, uh, DCL, Luca Dean. There were there were returns, um, but but I mean, let's maybe start with Sigurdsson. I guess. You know, we like to see him start ultimately because you know he's he's not going to be one of those that that gets a return every week. Or even though you know, he's he's not the the cheapest midfielder, and um, so he did get a start, but no returns for him. Was there anything really that we can sort of pick out of this? Or I I guess you're not a huge fan of his, so he probably won't be uh, ending up in Andy Case's FPL team anytime soon. No, well I mean. If... In general, I am a, I'm a I'm a big fan of Sigerson. He I think I've said this on the pod before, but in years gone by, he would have been an absolute staple in my team. He was always undervalued in his years at Spurs and and um, Swansea, particularly because he was on penalties for those teams. So um, used to love him. Used to always sneaky would get me points uh, that other people in my mini leagues didn't didn't get. So did love him. But now his his just his productivity has sort of dropped off a cliff in this last year or two, certainly compared to his his own um, previous standards. So, yeah, it's just at points this season, because I think he's been kind of on the verges of our radar two or three times, really, hasn't he? But it's just his price. I think he started at around eight million this season. And, you, you know, you want to be getting a reasonable number of returns for that. And he, he um, he's kind of been dipping in and out of form and returns uh, this season. I think he's just he's had six goals, four assists. So by this late stage of the season, someone for that price, you'd, you'd probably have wanted a little bit more. But look, he, we, he'd got on the radar again because he he'd um, <clears throat> had a recent sort of upturn. We, we were talking about his um, 
expected goal involvement in terms of sort of goals and assists and, and whilst that does get sort of pumped up a bit by being on set pieces including penalties still he, he you know he'd become kind of a fairly regular starter um for Everton but um yeah obviously unfortunately no returns for him in this game I mean I guess on the flip side then there's a, a player that's um you know used to do very well in fantasy terms but but hasn't so much this year Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you've never been a great fantasy prospect until this season. Um, and he was back in among the goals this week. I guess he seems to be the standout potential um, asset from, from these teams that do double and, and, and don't blank. Just because he's just been in such good form all year. He's a very good finisher. Um, if he's getting on the end of, of, of some of the good delivery, which you know, we said that Dean and Sigurdsson can both put pretty good balls into the box, especially from dead balls, um, DCL could be, could be a really good asset going forward. Yeah, well, uh, it, that it couldn't have turned out much much better in that sense when we when we were talking about these other two. Yeah, because because um, DCL was was despite the fact Everton weren't necessarily playing that well, he was getting back on the end of crosses again and looking like Everton's sort of main man through the through the middle. So, yeah, it, it, if if that is to continue, then he could well be a, um, um, a, a reasonable asset, like like we suspected. Obviously, the fact they've got this double coming up in 35 is brilliant, and then it's Sheffield United in in game week 36. So, all um, attractive prospects for for DCL, and um, it's just. I don't know how you feel, Chris, probably similar to me. I know you've said this a lot about Everton this season, but I just, there's always something when I'm watching Everton, I just can't ever trust them almost anywhere on the pitch, defensively or or attacking-wise. So that's the thing that holds me back from going outright, yes, um, you know, let, let everyone just, let, let's get DCL in our teams. But um, I, I'm really conflicted on this one because, you know, it did look promising from what we saw in this game. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think I think that word trust is 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 right. Really, like you can't rely on them, especially against supposedly weaker teams or teams around them. You can't always rely on them to to pick up three points. Yet they'll put in some really good performances against teams, you know, at, at the top end of the table. Um, and Aston Villa, you know, you know, we, we know we know what we know what they're about. You know, they're, they're a fairly open side, but they're very but still quite organised under Dean Smith. And and you know, they like they like a counter. They like getting in behind. Ollie Watkins obviously stretches things. Um, but it was mistakes really from Everton that ended up costing them here. And I guess if they can cut those out, then then yeah, they would maybe be, be a bit further up the table. Um, you know, I know that 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 they're sort of keen still to fight for Europe. So so yeah, you'd hope that um, you know, if they are going to get that European place, they need to kind of cut out defeats against Aston Villa. Um, but 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 yeah, you know, for me, of all of the assets, DCL is is the one because he can almost not not necessarily create something out of nothing. But he is at that level. I mean, we called him an elite finisher, I think, earlier in the year. He took his goal really well. Um, so, yeah, I'd like, I, I think that you know, if Everton win 1 0, DCL is, you know, likely to be the goal scorer. If Everton lose 3 1, DCL is likely to be the goal scorer. So, from, that, from a fantasy point of view, I think, I think he, he, would be, he would be the guy. And then that's kind of the opposite, really, of, of Luca Dean. Like, he's the guy that can get, get you an assist. And obviously, he did in this game. But when he's not also then going to go and get that clean sheet, Andy, which, you know, we've, we've spoken about Everton's defence, I think, on, 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 the, on the preview, you know, they haven't got the worst underlying numbers defensively, but they haven't kept loads of clean sheets this year. They've conceded one goal quite a lot. And obviously it was, it was, it was two at the weekend. Um, I guess does, do the assists make up for that with, with, with Dean? He does have pretty good potential. He's got great delivery, but he is over 6 million. So where do you kind of come down on that? Well, so I think the discussion we had on the previous show was that I, I would always, at, at that price, I'd always be kind of looking for more. 
really more uh, end product than than he has provided certainly in the last year or so however you know the point we were making he was fourth best amongst all defenders in his last six matches for expected goal involvement and actually in this game you know he provided the assist from the corner which was great but also he put another cross in which DCL got on the end of so that's another kind of tick in the combination between those two um, sort of box um, and yeah I suggested and, and this is I said this before I even knew what was going to happen with my team, but um, I suggested that there's a bit more money around for people perhaps with the cheaper defender options this season. So maybe money is less of an object. And, and actually that is what turned out for me. I had to make a last minute decision between um, Castagna and Dean. Big one. I found out Rudiger was not going to be playing. Um, unfortunately, I went for Castagna, but um, yeah, but, but, but I was, I was tempted because Dean was only sort of 0.3 million more and, you know, seemed to have a better potential for those, for those assists. So it, you know, if, if we're talking about um, clean sheets, as, as you did there, I think we definitely can't be confident in Everton. They might nick one here or there. Uh, but, but, but when we're talking about the assist potential for Dean, um, you know, it seems as though him and DCL are starting to sort of connect again and um, the, the, the underlying numbers from a longer period of time than even just this this one match um, suggest that Dean's starting to kind of creep back up there. So so maybe. Yeah, so, I mean, two, two decent assets, I think, potentially going forward. But yeah, obviously, you know, they play at different ends of the pitch, but I'd definitely be looking at DCL over Dean, I think, going forward. Um, I guess another player on our radar, Andy, was Matez Pereira, but we are recording before West Brom play tonight, so that's going to have to be a bit of a TBC. Um, but then we you know, can quite happily talk about Gareth Bale, who we did speak about, could be an interesting differential. I guess he's he's the guy, really, Andy. You know, we said it on the, we said it on the preview. Uh, it wasn't guaranteed starts under Jose Mourinho. You'd think that maybe, or there was a suspicion maybe, that Ryan Mason would end up playing him more. And when he, Gareth Bale has played this year, he's been absolutely unstoppable. And albeit against Sheffield United, he was unstoppable at the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, it was also, I think, not just when he played under Mourinho, but when he seemed to play or start, at least, it was against those lesser teams at home. That seemed to be the only time he he could be trusted. And look, this is what's happened here as well. I remember, was it in a double game week where he got two or three goals again as well? And, and a few people had brought him in for that. So, yeah, this is, an, this is another example of that. It will be interesting to see whether he now gets more starts in, in this kind of final running of, of the season, whether he's consistently in that in that team, because, um, you know, obviously Moore has played a bit. Bergvine came off the bench and got an assist in this game. So, you know, Mason's kind of got options there. And, and yeah, um, like I say, in, 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 it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. But no, look, there, there's an there's evidence from a few games now of, of Bale being a flat track bully uh, at home against those teams. So I'm for, I don't know, actually, off the top of my head, let's see if Tottenham have got any more of those left. They've got Wolves and Villa at home left so this season. So, mm, yeah, may, maybe they're not teams that you'd call sort of flat track bully ones necessarily. But, um, yeah, po- possibly possibly there's a, there's a chance for Bale to, to do that again, maybe in one of those games. But um, would would I be brave enough off the back of that, off that one game? Because, you know, Leeds away and Leicester away are their two sort of other games they've got, you know, He's got he's gone quiet in plenty of games, particularly away from home. Bale this season, like I remember that I think it was. I don't know why this is sticking in my head, but the game after the last time he did something like this, it was Fulham away, I think. And because I, I remember watching, I watched pretty much most of that game. Just you know, not 
to Fulham, Fulham Tottenham, it must have just been one of those Tuesday evenings where I had nothing else on and I was bored, so I just stuck it on or whatever. But I vividly remember him just being barely even touching the ball, let alone having chances for goals or assists. So I, I'd worry that he's still got that in him. But you know, if you if you went for it, if you rolled the dice, you know, we mentioned in a previous preview not that not that long ago that sometimes this is the time of season where people just take a punt and. Um, it, it can it can you know guts or glory and uh, for the for the win in their mini league. So congratulations if that was you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you were saying, so two goals and assist against Burnley at home. Then yeah, Fulham away comes off after sixty six minutes blanks. Then the next game he has uh, they were they were both in in, in they were in a double in twenty six. Then he had Palace at home scored two goals. Um, and then Arsenal away the next one gets hauled off before the sixty minute mark. So yeah, yeah, away from home. Not been so great for him, and obviously he scored in his last two. Both of those um, were, were when Spurs are at home. So clearly, love clearly loves that that new stadium. Um, but yeah, it could be. Uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those. I I I find that a bit of a more of an anomaly than something that I would concentrate on. You know, someone having, especially this year, um, with no fans, like having a player having particularly good home form. It just feels strange to me. But but yeah, so be it. Because I can't see tactically team setting up that differently away from home when they don't have an atmosphere to contend with but yeah, I'm not a football manager that much is uh, that much is abundantly clear um let's move on Andy I mean maybe maybe we should just skip over top differential pretty quickly because we've it's going to be Gareth Bale this week 21 points um from his from his hat trick uh 3.3% ownership I mean that's going to shoot up this week we he could end up being the most transferred in player Spurs have some really good have some really good fixtures I guess what might stop him being one of the more transferred in Andy is because Spurs don't double this week and there are teams that do um I mean any more to say about him really I guess I guess at this point we usually do kind of question that would our top differential go on our radar and considering he was on our radar last week I guess he stays there but we're still not quite sure if he ends up in our team yeah, I, d- I don't know. Based on everything we've just said, I- I- I'm really unsure whether it is sustainable. I suppose, um, I suppose maybe we've almost got to keep him on the radar. But then I'm almost thinking, like at this stage of the season, with four games left, like what for? What what is it? If- what is he on my radar for? Like if 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 he met- if he does a performance like that, and I still can't convince myself to put him in the team, then. There's got to be. Well, I, I don't know what he could do in this next week because, like, let's say he does the same thing again this week. I'm going to say to myself, well, it's still only two games. Like, uh, you know, I've seen him go quiet straight away after a good performance a number of times this season. So this is just he's managed to put two together, and yeah, you know, by the time he's strong enough together for it to start convincing me, it'll be the end of the season probably. So um, I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm just I'm, sticking with Son by the sound of it. Oh, well, certainly over over the two of them, because it's not like he had a bad week, is it? It's just Bale's had a ridiculous one. So, yeah, I guess I guess last time Bale was you know was really going nuts from an FPL point of view. Though Son numbers did drop off quite a lot, didn't they? Because Bale seemed to be taking the headlines and scoring the goals all of a sudden. So, um, so yeah, it will be an interesting one maybe to monitor and also you know maybe for those Kane owners as well could could be could be a bit of an interesting anomaly towards the end of the year. Um, we've got a few honourable mentions, Andy, and you mentioned to me uh, starting you know, before we started recording that lots of double figure uh, top differentials this week. Um, our, our, you know, fan of the pot or 
friend of the pod, sort of, Kai Havertz, who we mentioned almost on probably every podcast there this year. 16 points, three and a half percent ownership. Um, Serge Aurier, 14 points, one and a half percent. Aubameyang, Welbeck, Mendy, all, all all got 12 points. And Aubameyang, slightly more owned, six and a half, six and a half percent plus. But you have the other two hovering under two percent. Anyone in there that you might be thinking might end up on your radar? I know you're a bit of a secret Danny Welbeck fan. You know, ex United coming through the academy, but um, I, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily feel like he's the answer to to those attacking spots. Sergio Rio, I think we're pretty much always have been in lockstep about him. He just is a bit of a defensive liability, but we'll get assists every now and then. Um, Aubameyang too expensive. Mendy, maybe you were mentioning him to me before before we started recording. Yeah, well, I think it's um, with with. It's interesting that there's only seven fixtures played as we are recording this, and there's so many players, as you mentioned, in in double figures. And I think um, you, what you've said there, I'm 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 obviously a very predictable human being, or or just consistent. Let's say that uh, because you, you've you basically summarised what I think about each of those players one by one. There, almost exactly, yeah. On I on Havertz, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> on 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 Havertz, it's it's dangerous, right? This is dangerous because. Me and you have both got soft spots for for Kai Havertz, and we found that there can be many players that that, that uh, you and I have, have have actually ended up agreeing on. You know, our opinions assimilate, and we become a bit of an echo chamber. I think you and I perhaps a, li- a little bit on this show because we talk to each other so much about fantasy by doing it by just very doing this right. So, however, when you add that into the fact that we both have a soft spot for Kai, and we watch him and like the way he plays and strides around the pitch, and then now he's doing this really dangerous thing right for FPL where he's getting a few returns looking good right at the end of this season I think there's no doubt that we're going to be chatting about him loads during the off season and then probably he's going to cost like nine million and we're both going to convince ourselves to get him in our team for the start of next season so so that's dangerous but look no undoubtedly he's he's looking really good two two good finishes so definitely one one there for for Kai because I think he could he could contribute to Chelsea towards the end of this season as well. So he could well be one for the radar right now. On on REA, he seems to split uh, FPL Twitter opinions, right? Because yes, he so he is a liability defensively, but you don't really lose FPL points for that. Like the only worry about that would be if the manager decides not to start him because he's being too much of a liability. However, if he does play, you don't lose points for giving away penalties. Obviously, you know, you're increasing your team's chances of not keeping a clean sheet if you're a defender and a liability. But he he does do fairly well on the assist front. Um, and he's quite attacking, isn't he? So, and he's got two here. So if he, if, he, if it turns out that he's Mason's like first choice right back for Tottenham... <laughs> It's maybe not the worst shout in the world, again, with him, because I've not really been looking at him. It's price. I mean, I know he was around about five million, wasn't he? So that, you know, feels like a lot to put into him. But like with all the other defenders I've mentioned recently, maybe money isn't so much of of an object. So maybe Oreo, which I can't believe I'm saying, and then Mendy, as you pointed out, almost for similar reasons. I think you can't necessarily trust him. But if he's going to play for City, and that's the big if, right? But if he's going to play, because he started a few in the league, to my mind. Really. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I, you know, just by watching him out today every week, he seems to have been starting a lot for City in the league because they've been doing this whole rotation thing with the Champions League. Um, so given that they've basically got the league in the bag now, he may well still continue to get um, 
you know minutes and starts and and he's obviously getting assists and even a goal i think recently when he when he has been playing so maybe options options there but the other two you mentioned Aubameyang and Welbeck yeah um strikers who don't score goals often enough so probably won't be looking at them fair enough fair enough let's the let's go back to blankety blank then Andy and this felt like a bit of a bit of a weird one uh you know a lot of the sort of top eight most owned players have ended up blanking obviously Jesse Lingard's still a bit TBC but we've had to pick out Harry Kane here um you know I, I own Kane I think you do as well um, probably put the armband on him this week and ultimately when Tottenham score four goals against the team that's already relegated in the bottom of the league, you'd expect Kane to at least get a return and he got absolutely zipped this week. Yeah, no, really, really frustrating. Um, I, I didn't watch the game. I saw, I watched the highlights of match today and there was some chat around about maybe he's not looking 100% fit and he could have done a bit better with a couple of chances. I mean, I don't know about the doing better with chances thing. He didn't seem from the highlights at least to have many particularly clear-cut opportunities. And also there was a couple of opportunities where Bale could have slid him in, but then spanked one in. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky one on that front, but, but yeah, still frustrating as Nona. And in a game week, like you and I have both had, um, um, but just makes it even more frustrating because we we didn't realise just how much all all our eggs would be in the cane basket with with no not with no points for Bruno and Salah like not even obviously the appearance points it's just that's gonna that's really caused just such a traumatic week that for for my team um, this week and it and it means that yeah when when you had we known that Spurs were going to score four goals before before this game week um, we'd have just been absolutely laughing and 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 no question would have put the captain's armband on Kane wouldn't we so it is frustrating he hasn't returned yeah absolutely yeah feels feel, feel very disappointing um, as you said Andy obviously you know Bruno and Salah both blanking but through no real fault of, of their own uh, Bruno you know, is owned by more than half of FPL managers Salah are just over a third um, so no points for them and, honorable, and a few more honourable mentions Patrick Bamford just one point 42% ownership and Emmy Martinez no clean sheet for him uh, two points just two points and 40% ownership but yeah not the greatest week for, for those high owned high-end players. I guess we can segue quite nicely then, Andy, into captaincy because it felt like Kane was the most obvious choice. And as you as you always say, um, you know, you have to, I guess, um, justify your decision-making. And there's nothing really wrong with the decision-making. Tottenham ends up scoring four goals against the team that are bottom of the league. You know, if Tottenham look blunt, then so be it. But they didn't. Um, so, so, yeah, I guess you, you would captain Kane how many times out of 10 against Sheffield United? Like nine, nine and a half, all 10. So not really a lot we can do about that. But there is always that question mark over. Maybe you could put it on Son, gets an extra point for, uh, for a goal. And obviously he did return in this game. Yeah, if you put it on Son, you'll obviously be happy. And, um, you know, if you had both, then maybe you had a bit of a decision to make. I don't think there will be as many people who have both quite, quite um, anymore. But yeah, uh, I think you can't really question the decision making either either way there. Like you say, it's almost a bit of a moot point. And um, I, I wonder as well whether you whether we can really question our own decision making on swimming against the tide. And perhaps that's why you've skipped past it here. But uh, we, we need to, um, I guess we need to decide whether we, whether we mention that at any point here with, with our swimming against the tide against about Bruno, because obviously that's almost a null and void as well, isn't it? 
yeah, I missed it on the sheet to be completely honest. So, uh, so yeah, that's why I skipped over it. It was a complete, complete accident. I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because, you know, we were swimming against Bruno being the second most transferred out. Um, that was partly, you know, mostly due in our eyes to a lack of returns. But we still think, you know, to sum up, United have reason, reasonable fixtures. He still has good underlying numbers. And on the eye, he was looking pretty good as well. So we felt no reason really to, to, to get rid of him. Um, he... I guess just after we'd finished recording, he lit things up against Roma in the Europa League, and he has the ability to do that. But obviously, because it got because United's game against Liverpool ends up being called off, um, you know, nil point this week. But I, I guess we have to kind of null and void the swimming against the tide. But the consequence now for those that did transfer him out, obviously, you know, great stuff this week. You know, well done you. But he now has a, you know, probably. Um, a, 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 another double coming up or, or or won't end up blanking so if you've got him he feels like an even sort of yeah, even more of a in my eyes a must keep than he was when we were swimming against the tide yeah i mean there'll be some people out there who got rid of him thinking yeah i've done a great thing here he's got no points this week but look that's what i was saying about the decision making thing right ultimately you, obviously you can't know that's going to happen and um Having said that, you know there had been talk in the build-up of this to this game that there was going to be protests from United fans, but you, you can't know the game's going to get called off, right? So, I think um, our point about Bruno was that he he was he had the second highest expected goal involvement amongst all midfielders in in the game over the last six matches, and he was one of the biggest, I think, the top or second on in terms of the um, uh, the the delta, the sort of um, number of returns he should have had that he didn't get, basically. So he was just unlucky, really, was the, was the point there. Uh, should have been getting more returns than he did uh, based on what he'd produced. And obviously did, like you say, in the Europa League, uh, got two goals and two assists. So, yeah, it's... um, it. I think, in terms of our decision-making, the... You know, I, I, I absolutely would still swim against that that tide, and we we have to just null and void it because for all those people saying, well, you're idiots for null and voiding it because he scored no points this week, so we're taking that as a win. I would say back, yeah, exactly the point you made. Ultimately, he's going to have he already had one double in in 35 coming up, and he's even now not going to blank in 36 or have another double at another point. So even more reason to keep him, like you say. I think we have to just. Uh, what would be, how would you nullify a tide? I don't know, put, build the dam up on this tide this time and just ignore yeah, it? Put some, put some breakers up. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think we need to let the analogy do any more work. To okay. be um, <laughs> let's, let's move back to Captain Z. Obviously, we, we did touch on uh, Kane and Son. Um, Kletchi in that show, Andy, I mean, I guess didn't light things up against Southampton, but as we always say, any return for your captain, you need to be pretty pretty pleased with it. He did get get an assist, um, which I guess job done and you, you, you're going to take it. Yeah, in a game week like this as well, where there's going to be so many people losing points just from, like we've said, those people not playing and Kane blanking, that I guess, yeah, you, you take it. You, you have to just take it. Yeah, I mean, five, five points. Um yeah, you take you. T- I think that's it. You take it. Assist. Job done. Same number of points as you got get, getting him on. Who the heck is that? So jobs are good. <laughs> True. Um, and then Andy, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll let you explain uh, your, your your very rogue Stuart Dallas pick. Um, didn't quite come off this week. Leeds uh, Leeds ends up losing two 0 to to, uh, to Brighton. 
Um, Brighton done a job on Bielsa twice this year. A bit of a bit of an interesting one. Seems like Potter's maybe maybe living rent free in uh, in Marcelo Bielsa's head. But um, you know, Stuart Downing, Stuart, Stuart Downing, Stuart Dallas was always a bit of a punt uh, this week, and just like you say, just didn't come off. Stuart Downing really would be a punt, wouldn't he? Is he is he still a professional? Does he? I he mean, was at Blackburn last I heard. I mean, I'm going to Google it while you're talking about Dallas. Right. Yeah. Well, that anyway. Uh, but on 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 Stuart Dallas, yeah, it would have been a little bit of a punt. But I I mean, look again, looking before that game, you'd think Leeds have got an all right shot of keeping a clean sheet. Danny Welbeck's pulled. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. Cheeky, cheeky finish. If you if you haven't seen Danny Welbeck's goal, go and Danny have a Welbeck look. Danny Welbeck only does cheeky finishes, though, doesn't he? He either can't hit the proverbial with the banjo, or it's a cheeky, cheeky finish. Like I, Danny Welbeck loves going clean for on goal and then like doing a delightful little chip over an on rushing goalkeeper. That's that's I feel like well, that's his like mo really. The balls come down from a long way up in in the air, right? And then he's 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 like croifed it with his right foot in obviously obviously sort of in between his legs like direct from that's his first touch from the ball dropping out the sky so then it's on his left foot and then he's just swept it past the keeper into the bottom corner lovely little goal but um no I've that those things are aside and then and then a penalty I think it was for was it for for Brighton the other goal so I think I, the decision making the point here is that the decision making is well do you expect even if Brighton have been so bad on penalties this year you know Brighton get a penalty and one kind of outrageous goal yeah I mean you don't expect Brighton to really get goals so there was a very reasonable chance there for a um a kind of clean sheet I guess we were just maybe stretching a bit in terms of the attacking returns because without I don't know whether it's just as simple as this but without Rafinha in the team you know, Leeds, and it, 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 it kind of stuck in my head a lot here as well with Bamford having been in our honourable mentions in the blankety blank again this week, which has happened a lot recently. Um, just Le- Leeds creating so little without Rafinha in the team, and it's almost like if you're hoping for any attacking returns, um, whilst he's not, you you might be you know you might be waiting a long time, and, and we've got to steer away perhaps from those those. Um, attacking Leeds players, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was holding on to Bamford just because Leeds had some pretty good fixtures towards the end of the year, but yeah, starting to get a little bit frustrated, I think, and, and as you say, it uh, has coincided, whether it's a coincidence or not, but it has coincided with Rafinha's continued absence. Let's leave things there, Andy, but then let's look ahead to game week 35. It's going to be a a, a a nice sort of double for, for, for a fair few teams. Um so plenty to look forward to. Uh, I mean, where do we even start? I guess transfer strategy perhaps has to be you know, geared up for this. And, and I know that you rolled last week. So, you know, but anyone with, with, with free transfers or obviously even chips, um, this feels like a pretty opportune time to maybe think about using them. Well, the plan was to roll, but then, yeah, I had to get Timmy C in because of old Rudiger being injured. So unfortunately, I couldn't do that in the end. And, and, and to be honest, I'm glad that I didn't, even though I would have liked to have had it here because then that would have been even too fewer points that I'd have had, even though my points totally is so low. So I desperately needed to have anyone who's going to be starting in my team. Um, but no, if you have, then then, yeah, you're going to be targeting and obviously as we said, plenty of times shouting out Ben Krellin here. He's got all the info. Have a look on his Twitter. But basically... There's a lot because of the FA Cup final coinciding with game week 36. There's four teams who, although they, so there's there's going to be eight teams on a double in 35, but half of them also uh, will blank in 36. I mean, 
this, some of this is going to be impacted by whatever they work, try and work out what to do with Man United Liverpool, but we don't know that yet. So kind of putting that aside, basically, if you can, I suppose you're probably aiming to focus on those that double in 35, but also still play in 36. And we went through that a little bit in the preview. It's Villa, Crystal Palace, Everton and Southampton, which is why we focus a little bit on those on those Everton assets there. But um, yeah, I guess I, that's going to probably be your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, uh, or obviously if you have rolled or got three hits left, then maybe you can try and take advantage of this, of this double and then, um, and then you can't still covered potentially for, for, for the blank. I don't think from when we had a look, Andy, there wasn't sort of any, any team that had sort of a, a standout two very good fixtures in a double. So, so yeah, it doesn't seem, you know, I guess just taking advantage by having that second bite of the cherry rather than, you know, you must end up doubling or tripling up on a particular team because they've got, you know, Sheffield United and I don't know, no one's as quite as bad as them. Sheffield United and Derby from years gone by, all in the same game week. Um, and then I guess, as always, Andy, we 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 better mention Europe um, second legs uh, for Arsenal, Chelsea, City, and Man United this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, but all those teams in slightly different situations. Um, well. Most of them, I suppose, will will still be going full throttle this week. I I wonder uh, if if there'll be any rotation from United from Solskjaer. Maybe not, given that they've had the weekend off here. Um, but you know, obviously, six two lead is a little bit different to the situation all the other teams are in. Arsenal two one down, desperately need to win that game and 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 get themselves a chance of the Champions League slot next year. And um, obviously, City and Chelsea both in Champions League semis, which semis which are finally poised. So we'll no doubt be you know giving it everything and playing their first team so that might affect uh yeah various like rotation and what comes up in in the following game week in the premier league absolutely so let's leave it there then andy uh we've been obviously taking part in the uh sort of football wide social media blackout this weekend uh but we will be returning on tuesday back to back to the twitter as prolific tweeters as as we are um if people want to get in touch with us on twitter or on some other forms of social media how can they do so or they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. Have you been doing any more on the old uh, on the old Instagram, Andy? Not recently, to be fair. Um, so uh, maybe we need to up our game there because, you know, we keep asking people to to follow us on there if they if they want to and, and not really giving them the, the content they need to see. But uh, the odd the odd week we put put a little a little thing up. But I just you and I. We've said this before on the pod, Chris. We're we're both kind of just old granddads when it comes to this type of thing, right? Because we neither of us really use it or have it or or understand it fully. So we kind of focus more on 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 the Twitter side of things. Where's that social media editor that you employed? Where's she gone? <laughs> well, unfortunately, the terms and conditions on which I employed her were quite loose, and um, she can just pretty much come and go as she pleases. So, no. In fairness to her, she does. If I if I give her stuff to put up, but she doesn't really follow football or fpl that much so she doesn't come up with content off the top of her head I'd ha- we'd have to provide it for her but look there's two of us in this podcast so you can feel free to um to to text her some content for it as well absolutely yeah but i, I you know she'll be under a different type of contract come uh, come come july so so yeah you have to you have to sort that out um right anyway let's uh, you can also always also, do remember to review, rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. It is very, very helpful to us. Um, we will be back, uh, I guess, recording on Thursday, Andy, for ahead of the double game week uh, 35. Um, so until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.